going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Student Leader Podcast. And today, we've got an extra special guest. Make some noise, everybody, for Peter Reeves. Let's go. What's up, Peter? <laughs> What's up, guys? Dude. What's going on? <laughs> hey, look, I'm so glad. We, we have... You are elevated to a tier of people that we've brought back twice. Yes, this is true. Yeah. It's a, it's actually a really big deal. It might be one of the top 10 moments of your life, Peter. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> Appearing two times. I feel times. like it, man. I've, I feel blessed, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Hey, anyway, um, Peter, for those of you, for the, those listeners that don't know you, just give us a snapshot of who you are and what you do. Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm a pastor, husband, father. I travel as an evangelist around the country mm. and I run a nonprofit called Reeves Initiative that focuses on setting foster kids on spiritual transformation trips. Let's go. I That's love, what I do. I love Reeves Initiative. It's really cool what he's doing. I just just shout out to that real quick and you should go check it. What's the website for that, Peter? It's just uh, peter-reads.com or the-reads.com. Yeah, it's awesome. Go check yep. it out. It's, he's doing some really cool stuff. Incredible. Man, thank I, you. I was actually at a camp this year that uh, Peter spoke at and I was like, dang, this guy is great. So you crushed it, man. And I'm just, I'm so pumped that. That, that you get to speak into the lives of our students real quick though. Just, just so people can get to know you. We always do a little icebreaker. Here's my question. You are, you are a man of many talents. I saw you hamming it up on the stage. You, you, you got that swag. You got that riz. Okay. That Christian riz, riz the platonic riz, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, just you're incredible in so many different ways. So I'm sure you've received a lot of compliments. My question to you is, what is the best compliment you could ever get? Or when someone says this to you, you're like, oh, man. Because, you know, oh, you're funny. You're this, you're that. Different things mean different things to different people. What's, what's your go-to, the best compliment you could receive? I feel like Peter's going to have a really good answer for this one. I don't, maybe Bro, he will. I am I'm telling confident. you right now, this is, this is so crazy. But, like, now that I'm, now I'm in my dad era, Uh-oh. it's when someone says, Bro, I wish you were my dad. <laughs> Ooh, I get that a lot right now, and I'm like, I will be your dad, but I can't pay. I can't pay for anything college under that. You, you got that, but but I'm here though. You know, yeah. like that. That to me is like what? Because you think about that role in someone's mm-hmm. life; it's such a big deal. Yeah. And I and I just like I grew up without my dad, so that's like probably my biggest insecurities. Like, am I a good dad? And then someone will spend time with me, or they'll hear me, or they'll see me, or be around me. And go, where's your my dad, yeah. bro? <laughs> like, that is crazy. I love that. Oh, that's a great answer because it's it's more than just like you're funny. You know yeah. What I mean? It's like yeah, 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 yeah. I want you as my dad. That kind of right? Like someone's like, I wish you were permanently a part of my life. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, Peter, we brought you in here to speak to student leaders. We got student leaders from all across the board, middle school, high school, some even in college. Uh, what is a leadership principle or teaching you got for us today? Yeah, man. So I really think like I've been in a a ton of um, just settings where I'm talking to leaders and I'm stuck on this like Matthew chapter five Mm. verse um, Matthew chapter five, verse eight. It says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And if you're a leader, you want vision. You want the ability not just to see how things will pan out, but see how God is moving in situations. And as I begin to unpack that verse, dude, there is so 
much there. Starting with this, um, seeing God starts probably with like understanding how that how that was spoken. That was spoken to people like who were in a Jewish context. And they thought to themselves, wait a minute, to see God, that's impossible, right? Not knowing that Jesus oh, was wow. God, right? He's saying it to them, not understanding that they were seeing God, but going, yo, we come from a group of people who were in the Holy of Holies, like priests who had to be ceremonial cleaned and washed and take care of and put a rope around their waist to go into the presence of the Lord just to be around God. But to see God, they would have had reference for that word and go, wait a minute. God had to pass by Moses and cover his face because God said, if anyone sees my face, they will die. But anyway, uh, Matthew's writing to this Jewish audience and he's really reframing their perspective, which is like the first part of leadership. Like I I lead to help shape people's perspective and uh, to give them insight and authority and teaching. But also this Matthew uh, actually was an anonymous gospel. This is like really important for people to know. It was anonymous, but they look at the early reliable translation and Mm -hmm. tradition and link it to Matthew, the tax collector. So Matthew writes this prolific word. It's the gospel with the most detail, the most history to the Old Testament. And my boy, Matthew, didn't even put his name on it because having a pure heart starts with not needing wow. the credit. Hmm. Come on, you want to be a leader? Dang. Or can you only lead when you have all the credit? Matthew was like, yo, I'm not just listening to what Jesus said. I'm embodying who he is. So I'm not, I don't need the credit. So he didn't even put his name on the gospel. Okay. The second thought about this though, is like, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. It's like, my boy Matthew was originally like a tax collector, which is like a shady role in society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My boy is wealthy. He's opulent. Um, and now he's a follower of Jesus. And my boy abandons his wealth and his opulence, his status and his ability and all, all these things that he can do to record the words of some Jewish dude traveling around, you know, Israel. And so yeah. it's just like, again, a perfect picture of Matthew, right? Leadership and having a pure heart and gaining the ability to see God is about me laying down what was or what I think is valuable to pick up what, what God says is valuable and to pursue what Jesus called me to. But okay, mm. let me get to the last part of it. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Dude, there's this, this idea when people would have been listening to Matthew uh, or reading to Matthew, write this, but listening to Jesus say it because the gospel was oral for like 30 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. People would have been like, yo, what does he mean? Blessed are the pure. Like, what does it actually mean to be pure? Because if somebody if somebody was listening to that and they came from like the context of Israel, they would have been like, yo, this dude just said we're going to see the Messiah. You know why? Because we're pure. We're pure because we go to the ceremonial yeah, hand yeah, washing, yeah. foot washing. We're pure because we don't eat like unrighteous or undefiled things. We're pure because we don't worship idols. And then somebody would have been like, wait a minute. I don't think he just said blessed are the pure will see God. He said pure in heart. Hmm. And they would have been like, yo, I know how to get my gut pure by not eating yep, things yep, that yep. have blood in it. I know how to get my hands pure by the ceremonial hand washing. I know how to get my feet pure by going to the foot washing. But how do you get your heart pure? That's good. And Jesus, and that's what this, this moment is really presenting is like, um, God doesn't just want to speak to like understanding, like leadership is not just God speaking to uh, where I am, but where I came from and using every part of my understanding to help me become a leader. Why am I saying that? Because most people can't lead to the ability that God's called them, not because they don't have the ability, but because they're afraid to dig back, work back, think back through their past and use those painful moments and those transformative moments to speak to where they are right now and the people that they're supposed to be helping lead right now. Like most of your best leadership content and life will come from where you've been. Most of the time we don't have faith to go where God's called us because we don't reflect on where we've been. 
mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Wow. And then this is the last part. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Purity, then Jesus would have helped them understand that purity is not a matter of external things, but of internal, like what's going on internally, which yeah. is great for leadership. Like it can't just be like all the focus on what you do externally. It's easy for me to be an actor yes. externally, right? If, if I'm not working on what's going on with me internally. And so Jesus is like, he takes it to another level. He's like, yo, you heard somebody say, uh, don't murder. I'm saying, don't even have hate in your heart. Yeah. This is how you yeah. get your heart pure. You say someone don't have, don't have adultery. Like someone stay away from adultery. I say, don't even look at a person lustfully. Right. So Jesus elevates the standard. So these people are listening. Their minds are blown. They're shocked. They're all one of the best leadership principles in all the Bible. God's like, listen, your purity is not just a matter of, of you being good for God to use. It's about your ability to have vision. That's why you got to be careful what you intake as a leader, what you're looking at. This is just just God trying to ruin your fun or remove your pleasure. This is about your ability to see God. Like, this is a big deal. Okay, last part. They would have had an understanding, most of the listeners, of the refinery process. So blessed are the pure, right? A person who is a refiner would purify silver and gold throw it into the fire. How do you know it's pure, right? Like how would they actually know, right? Gold has a lot of things that need to be burned out of it. So they put it in the fire and it's kind of like, this is a hot pocket situation. You know what I mean? Like when you cook a hot pocket, you're like, yo, I don't know if it's really cooked. You you put your finger in it. You're like, yo, is it, is it good? Right. And then if your finger burns, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. If it's cold, you're like, nah, I gotta keep it in there for a few. You're like, how do they actually figure it out? Well, here's what I, my study led me to is People know, or like the refiner would know, that the gold is 100% pure when they could see themselves in the reflection after it was out after the fire. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, he's like, yo, I know you're 100% pure, not when you're doing all the right things. Yes, that's important. But I know you're pure when I look down on you and I can simply see my reflection. Wow. And that's all leadership is, is leadership is being the reflection of Jesus. And I, I decided to unroll this teaching like this, because it's not just about specific points. It's yes. about a cognitive thought. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Everything is on the line. My, my purity affects my vision. My purity affects my spiritual discernment. My, my purity affects every part of who I am. And if you're a leader, your definition of pure is not, I check all the boxes. It's Jesus sees himself mm. when he looks at me. Mm. Dang. Love it. Yeah, really good. Real quick, just a couple a couple reflections, at least for me. First of all, Peter said a word that if you're dumb like me, you've just been holding on to the whole time. He said opulence. Opulence. And, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, so here's me. You turned Googling. and looked at me when you said, when he said, said that, and you were what like, is, wow. So for guy. those that are just still like, dude, no <laughs> shot. Uh, opulence means great wealth, luxuriousness. Great wealth. Or, yes. or wealth affluence and abundance. Just thought I would clear yeah. that up. Cause Peter, we're, you're we're, too not smart. Talking she- we're not talking Sheen people. We're talking Louis Vuitton <laughs> for the sake of accountability. Jordan didn't actually know that he read that from Google. Just I now. just said, yeah. I Googled it. Yeah. I straight up was like, what is opulence? Yeah. I was like, dang, my man's throwing I just it want down. You to be pure in heart. But, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I want, I wanted to yeah. come clean as the dumb one on the podcast. So if you're dumb like me, like, and subscribe. Okay. Peter love, love what you said. I do have a question. So, I mean, how can I respond to everything you just said? So good. Um, I might even go back and listen and take some notes. Um, But you're talking about being pure in heart. And that is, maybe we could say it's like a conditional thing. Like, you know, those that are pure in heart, they will see God. Okay, great. I want to see God. So I want the, I want the, the good stuff at the end. I want the, that's the carrot on the stick for me. Dude. 
is the standard impossible then? You're like, all right, so, so, so how do I know if I'm pure in heart? Well, when you look at my life and you see the reflection of Christ in me, well, yeah. well then I'm not, bro, there's a lot of Jordan still in a lot of what I do. Talk yeah. to me about, I'm, I'm not trying to have you rescue me, rescue me, but I'm feeling a little bit in some tension. Like, like, is there a, is there any grace wiggle room whatsoever? Like what does it mean in your, th- in your mind to be pure in heart? Cause the Bible also says the heart's deceitful above all things. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I can't trust this thing. Yeah. What, what walk me through this weird tension I'm feeling where I'm like, my heart is definitely not pure. So is this promise yeah. just kind of not for me? Maybe it's for the Aaron Holtz of our world, right? <laughs> just is such a pure guy. And my mentor. No, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think it's, it's about seeing Jesus in your life in your next action, mm. in your next oh, moment. I like so, so we're trying to look at it as a, as a huge picture, a monument that we need to step back far away from to see like, oh, is this person pure at heart? But I think when Jesus says this to them, he's talking about your next moment, your next conversation with your mom, the next time you have to tithe, the next mm-hmm. time someone's rude to you and you have to be kind to them, the next time you have to make a leadership decision. Like it's about your next moment. Yes. Can you be pure at heart? Wow. I love that. You know what I mean? Like yes. very incremental, like little steps, like, especially if you're a high school student, like I dude, I thinking about, I wish somebody would have said it like this to me because I'm thinking like, okay, can you be pure in heart at the lunch table? Can you, can you see, can you, can you not laugh at that joke? Can you not belittle that person? Can you go sit with that person that no one else is sitting to like in the next moment? Like when everybody, when the teacher walks out of the classroom, like dude, our teachers trusted us way too much. They were like, this is an integrity (laughs) test. And, and you guys, I'm going to walk out of the room. We're like, if you walk out, we will cheat. (laughs) It's like, we couldn't control ourselves, but it's like, as a believer, can you go, listen, I know I'm not going to get a good as great as everyone else, but, but I didn't study for this. And this is, what this is what's happening because I didn't do this, but I'm not going to cheat because I'm going to show, I'm going to display God in your next moment. So if you look at it big picture, you will feel defeated, Yes. but you're next. And even if you get it wrong, you can go, wow, man, I didn't get it right there. But my next moment, I might be able to see God. I love that. I love And also, you know what Peter just gave me right here? Pow, pow, pow. Hope. Cause I can do that. Cause I can do that. I don't think anyone yeah. would ever put the gavel down. Jordan is pure in heart. Bam. <laughs> but, but I can be pure in heart in how I interact with someone that I disagree with or yeah, the next step is great. So Peter, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on something that's happening in our culture right now. And, you know, based on, you can answer this a couple of different ways. You youth pastor for many years and now, you know, you speak to a lot of students, but one of the phrases that you hear in today's culture specifically like with your Gen Z students is that is just trust your heart, trust your heart, trust your heart. Right. And so for some students out there, they might be like, okay, pure in heart. That's great. Um, how do I, how do I take pure in heart and, and this cultural euphemism of trust my heart and know like what the right decision is, you know, mm-hmm. how do I know what purity is or how do I define mm. purity? What's the standard for purity? Is it just me trusting my heart or is there another standard that I have to lean on? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I guess my, my answer starts with like devotion. Like, what are you devoted to? Like, if you're, if you're, if you have a good 
devotional life, right? Which we would call like worship and prayer. You're spending time with God on the regular. We're not talking about every day, but just on the regular, like you're surrendering your life to Jesus. Like then I would say it might be okay to trust your heart because your heart in those times of devotion are being formed into his, right? Every time I read the Bible, it starts to form my heart and like my perception and my perspective on stuff. So things that I might be, I might be like, oh no, that's a, that's a thousand percent wrong. And I can never, and then I read the Bible and I'm like, oh wow. Like God has mercy for all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. So if, I, if my heart is surrendered to Jesus on the daily, it might be okay to trust your heart. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're now, if you're not spending time in the presence of God and you feel disconnected from the Holy spirit and you're kind of doing your own thing, like it's probably not a good idea to trust your heart because you have no idea about God's heart. You know what I mean? You have no yeah. idea about his ideas and realities and what he wants. Um, so that's how I would kind of break that down. It, it really boils down to your devotional life and your consistency with the Lord. Um, because I do believe it. Like every moment we spend with him, like we're getting shaped to be like him. Yes. That's why the scripture refers to him as the potter. He is shaping us as the clay every moment we get to be with him. And if you are spending time with the potter and you, and then it's easy. How do I, how do I know to trust my heart? Go to wise people in your life Hmm. and say, this is what my heart is saying. And if they're walking with God, that should be the disclaimer for somebody to speak into my life or the the filter. I'm sorry for someone to speak in my life is like, are they walking with God? Are they strong with God? I go to them. I say, here's what my heart's saying. And I've done this plenty of times and people have told me like, Hey Pete, that's a terrible idea. Like, I don't know why you (laughs) thought is wrong, (laughs) dude, because, because even leaders can get it wrong. Dude. One of my favorite pastors, I'm preaching about it tonight. Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul legitimately thought that the spirit of God told him and that his heart was saying, go to Figra, go to this place called Figra. He gets there. And it says that the Holy spirit blocked the route. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yo, my yeah. man in his heart was like, yo, I know God told me this. It's like, no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... So it's like even leaders, you gotta have people you check with and people that are leaning into you and and and, and you know, just being devotionally connected. I think in that regard, then you could trust your heart. Peter, can I can I go back? Like we're the the conversation is having such a nice flow and we're moving forward, but I, I gotta be the dumb guy that goes back. Like Do I it. did to the opulence word. Do it. The word of the day, kids. Okay, but but, but let me go back. Uh Blessed of the Pure in Heart, they will see God. I'm trying to think about what the original audience would be picturing. Like you did a good job explaining that. Like, okay, what does it mean to see God? But we have a little yeah. more context. We know that they were. At, what's crazy is they were actually literally seeing God, like Jesus Himself. Right, was like there. they were literally seeing Jesus, and they were like, "What does it mean to see God?" And he's like, yeah. 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 "He's Look like, at him. Yeah. he's right here." Honest, baby. Okay, so I'm. I'm. Not, you've done a great job. I feel like, yeah, I, I do want to be pure in heart. I want to be pure before the Lord. I want to get my mind right. the The reward that we're promised is that we get to see God. What does that mean now in 2023 yeah. or 2024? Like mm. what, what does it mean to see God? Cause it feels vague and ambiguous and beautiful. Yeah. Yes. You'll see God. What does that mean for you, your students or, or our students, how you think they'll see God as they increase yeah. their purity in heart? Yeah. One thing that I think is important to know, and I am going to explain like my answer, but like, I do want to, I want to live in that a little bit like there's yeah. just some things you're going to read in the bible and it does seem vague and ambiguous and mm. it's beautiful and you're like i don't really know what to do with this good 
<laughs> like, yeah. like not everything you get in your faith is going to be easily broken down to like a, like how to make like easy cupcakes on TikTok. Like, like some things are just like, yeah, yo, this, yeah. this is wonderful. Like, I don't even know how to process this. Um, and, and sometimes in our efforts to be super practical, we rob the beauty mm. of mm. not understanding without the Holy spirit being able to reveal it to ourselves on our own, on his own time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I do, I do love that tension. Like I love like people like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think it means? Like I, that's the leader in me that wants to let people go to self-discovery. Yes. But practically if I have to break it down, it's like, okay, blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. If I'm pure in heart with my giving, if I say, God, I know I'm called to tithe. I know healthy giving starts at 11% offering. If that's what I'm willing to do and be pure there, I will see God bless my finances. That's actually my story right now. Yeah. Like we have been more generous than we've ever been before. And we have seen God bless us more than he's ever seen us before. Okay. Bless other pure in heart for they will see God. If I am pure in how I approach my family, though there has been generations of disagreement and anger and hatred. If I choose to be pure in heart, if I choose to be like Jesus in this next moment, in these situations, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I will see God move in our family. Right. I will see change. I I will see a difference. I will see the work of God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We see it all the time, almost week to week in worship. Like I walk in like, God, I don't have an agenda for you. I I have no agenda. I just know I need you and I need your help and your guidance and your wisdom. Right. And I'm, I'm leading into him. And then someone taps on your shoulder and they're like, man, I feel like God spoke to me about you. I'm seeing God. I'm seeing him right now. He is revealing himself through people, which is not shallow. He's been doing that this entire time. That's why we have the Bible. God revealed him of two people and through people that is seeing God. Yes. So, so when I say that, I get the like, whoa, am I literally going to close my eyes and see like God on a throne? Maybe John did. <laughs> yeah. John, but, but most people see God in their day to day, their actions, the I things that are, that are happening in the, in their world. Like, uh, like a lady told me a story yesterday at this church. She's like, when I first got saved, I wanted to go buy a Bible from this store she named. I don't even know what it is. She said, and I and I went to go get towels for my daughter. And on the towels that I was going to grab, I saw a Bible. And I told the Lord, I'm not paying more than $5 for it. Right? Like, And then she turns it over and it's $5. And then she's like, oh, I, I realized I wanted to get one for my daughter. So I go to the front and ask, like, where are the rest of your Bibles? And the lady said, hey, we don't sell Bibles here. Whoa. <laughs> she's Whoa. like, then what is this? She goes, I have no idea. Right? She saw God. She wow. had this desire to kind of, Lord, I, I think I want to know you. I, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to get a Bible. And the Lord's like, I see that Bad. beauty. And like, Seth, that's God. Yeah. Yeah. The lady is. said, I've worked here for 30 years. I've never seen one Bible. Oh, that's. And I don't tough. know how this guy here. That's awesome. So Pete, I'm like, yeah, those moments. Peter's the type of guy to be like, I can't answer that question. And then answers it amazingly. He's like, I don't know if I can do that. But here you are. So, 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 so incredible. Peter. Um, as we wrap up today, if students wanted to reach out to you, if if what you said resonated with them, what's the best way they could hit you up, contact you? You're a busy guy too, so so what's the best way for them to just express their appreciation to you, bro? Bro, IG all day. I IG. listen. I 
all day. I'm I'm pretty good at responding back to those DMs and things like that because I feel like I feel like those things connect us deeply and, and people can go back and, and reference them. Like people can always send questions, thoughts, ideas, um, criticisms. I just delete those though. But uh, yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> Yeet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll we'll link your IG all day in the show notes students. Um, yeah, please reach out to Peter and let him know what it meant, uh, to you and what you got from, from his leadership principle. Peter, thanks so much for giving us your time. I know you're a busy guy. It, it genuinely means the world to us that you would carve out some time just to be able to invest not only in us, but in our students and students, we believe in you. That's why we do this. Uh, so we believe you're called to lead your generation, do it with passion for Christ. And of course, love for others. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye.